In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This is the time of the year when you think about going and pulling weeds out of the crops. When I was a kid, before the advent of sprays and Roundup Ready soybeans, when July hit, we knew there was going to be day after day of walking up and down rows of soybeans, pulling weeds by hand. And my Uncle Harold was an attorney, but he owned a farm, and we farmed his farm for him. But he liked everything just so on his farm. He was kind of a perfectionist. And so one day he came out to the farm on a Saturday, and he says to me, Young man, look at the tares out there in those soybeans. You've got to get after those tares out there. Tares is an old English word, a King James word for weeds. So he was trying to be biblical with me. If I had paid more attention in Sunday school, I could have retorted to him, Oh no, Uncle Harold, Jesus said not to. Don't pull the weeds out of the wheat, or out of the soybeans for that matter. That's today's parable in the Gospel lesson. It's called the weeds in the wheat, or the tares in the wheat. And the story is pretty straightforward. It goes like this. There was a man who went and sowed good seed and good soil, but then an enemy went and sowed weed seed in with it and when it came up the servants saw that and they said should we go out and pull the weeds out and the master said no because you might do more harm than good pulling out wheat with it he said just just leave it go till harvest time then I'll gather it in and I'll sort it out and the grain will go in the granary and the weeds will go in the fire as with most of Jesus parables it looks pretty simple and straightforward and yet there's there's a, a complexity to it that we don't at first see. Jesus is using this parable, again, to push aside some common notions, common wisdom of the day, and say, that's not really the way it is. Here's a new idea. And what he was getting at was there's a couple of common myths. The first one is this. If you are good and righteous and so forth, nothing bad will ever happen to you in life. Good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people. The second myth is similar, only it's about evil people, what others bring to us. And that is, the myth is that if you're good and nice, then uh, everybody will be good and nice to you. And that isn't true either. Jesus ha said in uh, John chapter 16, he said, In this life, you will always have troubles. And in Matthew 5, he said, rain falls on the righteous and also on the wicked. So there will always be tares in our wheat. There will always be weeds in the wheat of our life. That's just the way it's going to be. And we may try to do whatever we can to make sure that this doesn't happen. We don't, we don't like troubles in our life. Obviously, we don't. We don't deal well with pain in our culture. Part of the crisis going on in our culture now simply because we won't put up with pain for more than two minutes before we reach into the medicine cabinet or the liquor cabinet for something that's going to give us fast, fast, fast relief of anything from headaches to hemorrhoids. We won't put up with pain at all. So we use those kinds of things. We also insulate ourselves with money and possessions and um, power and influence. We try to insulate ourselves from bad things being able to happen. But then we realize that those things won't stop cancer, and they won't stop a heart attack, 
and they won't stop a car fatality or grandchildren gone wild or a divorce. There's still tares in our wheat. Not only that, there are people who are themselves tares in our wheat, weeds. There are people who are just evil. Dr. M. Scott Peck, psychiatrist, said in his book, People of the Lie, In my 20 years as a psychiatrist, I have discovered nothing that seems to influence rapidly evil people except raw power. Gentle persuasion and kindness in a spiritual sense seem to have little effect on them at all. In other words, there are some people who will run over you, back up, admire the tread marks on your face, and run over you again. And that's, that's the way that's going to go. The, the worst problem is that we can't always tell which are the weeds and which are the wheat. That compounds this problem. And there are some folks that we think are weeds who may actually be wheat and vice versa. For example, we had an old neighbor by the name of Joe Hosey, who uh, his farm was next to ours, and I used to work for him pulling tares out of his soybeans sometimes. Joe was kind of a weedy-looking kind of guy. He had never darkened the door of a church. He went on political rants. He chewed tobacco and spit every three minutes, and he, that's where I had my first tobacco-chewing episode, by the way. And he, he couldn't say a six-word sentence without two of them being cuss words. He looked pretty weedy. And yet, if you were in the hospital or laid up in some way, Joe was the first one to hook onto his equipment and come over and plant your crops for you, take your crops out. My parents said when he went down to Mexico for the winter, which he did every year, uh, they went down to visit him, and they said that the little children, he, he was like the Pied Piper. He would give them food and money, and they would all run after him and shout, Jose, Jose! He was wheat to those kids. He was pure wheat to them, despite how weedy he may have looked in other ways. On the other hand, there are people who smile, nod, pat you on the back, act like they're your best friend, and then they sell you cattle that they don't own. This happened to my father. I kept hearing about this new friend that he had. He was doing everything with him, and then finally he was going to buy some cows from him, and, he, and uh, the guy said, well, I can't gather them up till the snow is down. So my dad gave him the money, and then that's the last he saw of him. He didn't own the cows. He was just pointing out to somebody else's cows and saying, and my dad lost money. The guy went to prison eventually, but my dad still lost all the money. And I was, I was pretty hot over that one. And I kept having visions of where, what part of his anatomy I'd like to put my foot. <sighs> there are weeds in the wheat, and there just always will be. And sometimes we, we can't tell. I was thinking about a story of the little bird in Minnesota, the little sparrow that lived in the underside of the dairy barn. And it was one of those days in Minnesota you get in January, it was 30 below actual. And the little bird wanted to drop down and get a drink in the cattle drinker. And he did, but he slipped in the water. And when he flopped out, he was like freeze flash frozen, just like that. And he couldn't even fly. So he kind of pitifully hopped out into the pasture. And then he was done. He was frozen. 
But by chance, a big old Holstein came walking over top of him and almost stepped on him four times, but didn't, and stopped right, after, right past him, raised up her tail, and dropped a big pile of steaming cow flopper right on the little bird, which seems like a nasty thing. But it was hot, and it warmed the little bird up enough that he could move. And that attracted the attention of a coyote that was lurking on the edge of the pasture. And the coyote came over and then scraped the manure off the little bird. And then he ate him. And so the moral of the story is, not everybody who appears to be crapping on you is your enemy. And not everybody who looks like they're scraping crap off of you is your friend. There will be weeds in the wheat, and we can't really tell. In the Christian church, there has been more damage done by far than good with people trying to sort out who are the weeds in the church. Jesus, in his church, was supposed to be a weed, and they wanted to sort him out. I myself have been treated as a weed uh, in the past, and I have received what I fondly call the left foot of fellowship. And now, yet, here's two congregations acting as if I'm wheat. So you never know. The other thing is that this is a process we have of not going and sorting out the weeds and the wheat, but simply living as wheat for people's lives. And that isn't a quick fix kind of solution. That, that is a, 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 a slow, lifelong, sacrificial kind of thing. But it's what we are called to do. Recently we've had a lot of uh, things in the news about Black Lives Matter and racial injustice and so forth. And I was remembering back to a story that I heard when uh, some ball players, Major League Baseball, first broke the color barrier. There was Jackie Robinson, remember, in the, in the National League, probably 1946 or somewhere in there. And uh, that, was a, that was a big deal. But in the American League, there was another guy that we haven't heard about as much in 1947. His name was Larry Doby. Larry was a good player and an excellent hitter. And he came up to the club, and his first at-bat, everybody in the in the crowd was just waiting for some kind of judgment on him. And he felt the pressure of an entire race on his shoulders that he must succeed. And he was pressing way too hard and he went up and he swung wildly at three pitches and struck out and went and sat out on the end of the bench with his head in his hands. The crowd booed lustily. Next up was all-star second baseman Joe Gordon who had always hit this pitcher very well. And Joe went up and swung wildly at three pitches and went over and sat down on the end of the bench next to Larry Doby and put his head in his hands. And the crowd was silent. To this day, nobody knows if Joe Gordon purposefully struck out. But we do know this. Larry Doby never took the field without first handing Joe Gordon's mitt to him. Did that act cure all of the prejudice and racial tension in the country? Obviously not. But he did what he could do in his little corner of the world. And that's what we're called to do. We're not called to sort out the weeds in the wheat. We're called to be wheat and see what we can do there. We wait for the Lord of the harvest. Come, Lord of the harvest, come. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.